The Cappuccino Podcast brought to you in association with Tactical Solutions. For all your tactical solutions, check them out at www.tactical.co.nz. It's that time again, so grab yourself a cup of joe and get ready for the Cappuccino with Constable Brian. Okay, so my big pleasure again to welcome, and even though he's going to hate this, he is, NZ, NZIHL legend Justin Daigle from the West Auckland Admirals. He's now also the head coach for the uh, under-20 um, Ice Blacks as well, which was due to have a tournament in Israel uh, January 2024, um, but that's not going to go ahead anymore, Justin, or are, you, are they moving the tournament somewhere? Yeah, I know, unfortunately, with the situation in, in Israel, um, it's not very safe, so they have rebooked the tournament. Same dates, but it'll be in Bulgaria now, so. Uh, which is good for everybody, I guess, but um, sad for what's going on there. Before we crack on, uh, we've just had a really exciting, good NZIHL season. Um, ice hockey in general in New Zealand, how's it looking? Because uh, for me, the spectator, sort of off on the sides here a little bit, it looks like we're getting stronger and stronger every season. There looks like to be some really, really good youth coming through, and that in no small part is uh, thanks to your, people like yourself and AJ Spiller um, putting in some hard yards. Yeah, no, I, I mean, look, it's uh, yeah, awesome to see some of the, the development of the players, the the young kids that are now stepping into the ends at IHL are, are uh, yeah, incredibly talented and, and um, the skill level is going up and um, yeah, it's a testament to the the work being done by by all the coaches in, in all the regions across the country. And um, yeah, it's just awesome to see that 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 sort of development and growth and um, makes for exciting hockey for the fans. So, and me being the huge Marco fan that I am, you know that I'm going to put most of the credit right at the Marco's feet. But hey, look, it's all good. No problems. All right, let's crack on with our with our NHL season previews. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Justin is a confirmed Calgary Flames man like myself. Uh, so this could be a little bit biased, but hey, look, that's the way we roll. So that's all good. So um, the Hart Trophy, so the most valuable player in the NHL, goes to who this year, do you think, Justin? Well, he's flying out the gates uh, here early. Austin Matthews put up back-to-back hat tricks. Yeah, Matthews Matthews is uh, is is emerging as a likely candidate here early on. So we'll, we'll see if he can keep his pace up. All right. Um, so because I know that you haven't listened because you've been busy this weekend. Uh, David Ayers and I chose Connor McDavid with a Matthews coming in at a lazy second. Rocket, So the Rocket Richard Trophy, which is the leading goal scorer. And for this one, because I'm going to be a little bit nice uh, this year because, look, let's be honest, last year we had uh, yourself, we had AJ, and we had David Ayers and myself. And uh, to be fair, we probably couldn't pick our noses uh, right that season. But So I'm going to give you two chances. Uh, the Rocky Rocket Richard Trophy leading goal scorer in the NHL goes to who? Austin Matthews. And there you go. Uh, and I chose Connor McDavid. And there's my wild card, David Pastnick, because he's off to a great start for the Bruins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pasta's always up there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially now he's got my man Luch beside him as well. Norris Norris Trophy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the defenseman who demonstrates throughout the season the greatest all-round ability in his position, and that's normally voted by the Professional Hockey Writers Association. So I'll give, I'm going to give you two choices on this. Who have you got? Um, hard to go past Kale McCarr. Uh, he's kind of going to forever be in that conversation, I think, the length yeah. of his career. Um, 
And I think he might have a, a bounce back season, call it a bounce back season, but uh, Miro Haskinen from Dallas, uh, he's a, a very talented defenseman. Um, I think he had just a bit of a quiet year last year as far as production, but he's, he's always dangerous. So. so we agree on one, but for me, my second pick was Quinn Hughes from the Vancouver Canucks. I think that, oh, yep. I think they put that C on his shoulder, and I think he hasn't actually realised it's not a big S in the middle of his chest. He seems to be yeah. <laughs> yeah. doing some good things. So Yeah, absolutely. It's a good yeah. pick. Yeah, uh, Selkie Trophy, a forward who demonstrates the most skill um, in the defensive component of the game. And again, it's voted on by the Professional Hockey's Writers Association. So for those of you that know, most of them come from the East Coast, which causes uh, the people on the West Coast of Canada a huge amount of grief whenever I speak to them privately. Um, who have you got? Jeez, Selkie. Um, it was always, the lock was always Patrice Bergeron, but he's retired this year. Yeah. Um, Oh geez, who who would go for the Selkie defensive I'll, forward? I'll give you mine. What? I would say maybe maybe Mike, Michael Backlund might be in the conversation there yeah. from the Calgary Flames. So he's he's a pretty reliable forward defensively. Yep. So I'll, I'll take I Backlund. Eric, I had Erickson X from the Minnesota. Uh, oh yeah, but I think you're right. Um, and again, I think uh, and you'll find this out later on. Uh, Michael Backlund, I think now that the contract uh, noise is gone. And again, he's got this ready for this. He's got the sea on in the sea of red. Uh, then yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, think he, I think he's going to grow an extra leg. The Morris Richard Trophy. So that's the top goal scorer. Who have we got? Top goal scorer. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go with uh, Matthews. There you go. Okay. Uh, the Visnia. So that's the best goaltender in the competition. I'm yep. going to give you two choices on this, and if one of them isn't Jacob Maxstrom, I'm coming right round to see you. <laughs> um I'll go with Shesterkin. Um yep. out of out of New York there. Um Mar- Marky, I mean look as a Flames fan, I hope uh I have my reservations, but I hope he's in the conversation. Um and if not, I would probably have to go with Jake Ottinger with Dallas. And again, you've agreed with what we've said pretty much. Uh, so I had Ottinger as my number one choice. He's the best coach in the league. And I'll give you two choices for this one because this is the tough, tough choice. I suppose you hope for Ryan Huska with the Flames. Mm-hmm. Um, first year there, hopefully they have a big bounce back season and he can take a bit of credit for sort of revamping the style of play that they've got. Um, if not, geez, who would I go with? Um, probably go with the likes of Sheldon Keefe in Toronto because I think Toronto is going to be a wagon this year. I think they're uh, they're going to be the the team to beat. If uh, if I'm being honest, so I yeah, I'll go I'll go with Sheldon Keefe. Uh, and there have been lots of people saying that since the days of black and white TV. Um, I went with, <laughs> uh, no no disrespect to my Toronto fans uh, friends, I should say. Um, I yeah. went with Ryan Husker. And Rod Brindamore, again, just because he is always there or thereabouts as far as the coach is concerned. But like you say, if Ryan Husker manages to take the Flames through to the playoffs, um, that's a huge, huge uh, tick in the kudos box there because there aren't too many rookie coaches that do that. What about the Jim Gregory Award, which is the General Manager of the Year? Who have you got for this one? Yeah, to be honest, I mean, I keep, I, I keep sitting here taking guys from Toronto, but uh Brad Treleving, I mean, he, he, in my opinion, um, did his best to save the Flames when we lost Goudreau and Kachuk. Um, and I think he's, you know, already made some big signings with Tyler Bertuzzi and Max Domi, and he's, he's trying to add some grit with Ryan Reeves and 
uh, I think what he's done with Toronto is is going to uh, reap some rewards. So I'll, I'll take Brad True Living. Okay. Do you want a second choice? Or you're just happy with one. I, I guess if I was to take a second one, then it'd be the guy who left Toronto and went to Pittsburgh. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, okay. um, yeah, yeah. So we'll go. Yeah. Uh, now the big one, and and this is a bit of a no-brainer for everybody. The call to the trophy. So the rookie of the year, the best newcomer. Uh, who have you got for this? Yeah, I think uh, just in early play and, and and some of the highlights we saw from the tr- the uh, the game over in in Aussie there that was hosted. I think Logan Cooley is probably um, going to be up there, and um, I hope I hope he has a good season. But Matt Coronado with the Flames, he's uh, a special player too, and uh, got his first goal there yesterday. So, and what was the reaction to the game in Australia when you went over there and had a look at it? Was um, there lots of because I know that we have, there are lots of diehard ice hockey fans in Australia, but were there lots of punters actually stopping to have a bit of a look at it? Because I well, mean, those two teams are both sort of, I'm going to say, marquee sports brands, aren't they? To be fair, yeah, I uh, I actually didn't make it across the ditch to go and watch, um, so I, I didn't get to see it firsthand. But talked to a lot of families with um, kids that I coach here in Auckland, and um, said it was just like unbelievable. Um, you know, for a lot of them, that was their, their first, um, you know, first taste of, of seeing an NHL game live and, uh, all that they did around sort of the, the buildup to the games and the parking lot and, and, uh, just the, 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 the entertainment value that they got from it was, was, yeah, um, everyone seemed to, to really enjoy it. So, uh, yeah, would have been awesome if, uh, if I could have got over there, but just, uh, just wasn't in the cards and. Um, but sounds like it was it was awesome. It's cool to have hockey being exposed at that level here, um, close enough to home that people could access it and get to it, and um, and have their kids fall deeper in love with the sport. So yeah, who knows? Maybe one day, maybe one day we might see him somewhere in Spain. Yeah, who knows? That would that be. It, I was going to say that'd be pretty cool. Be pretty that'd be cool. awesome. That'd be yeah. Uh, the President's Trophy, which is awarded to the team that finishes with the most points or the best record. I'll give you two choices. Who have you got for this one? Um, well, I guess with the two choices, I'll take one out of the East and one out of the West. Um, out of the East, I got Toronto. And uh, out of the West, I'm going to say uh, Vegas again. Okay. Uh, I have the Dallas Stars and the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, so who's the worst team in the NHL this year, in your opinion? Worst team? Oh, I mean, it's that's a tough one. I think... Uh, I think Arizona's going to struggle a bit still. Um, but I think they'll be better than they were, but I think they're going to struggle. And I would say out of the East, probably the Islanders, I think, mm-hmm. might struggle. Okay. So for me, it's uh, the San Jose Sharks. Uh, their coach won 22 out of 82 games last season. So I suspect that he may get the Shepherds up fairly quickly. Who's the first coach to be fired in the NHL? Do you think? First coach to be fired? Well, I mean, we already we already had Mike Babcock, who hadn't even got to coach oh, a game yeah, yet, sure, yeah. um, and got canned. But uh, so you can't count that one. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, Tortorella potentially just mm-hmm. uh, in in Philly. There, I mean. I, I don't think Philly's gonna gonna have a great season. Um, so I think that you know, yeah, he could he could end up in some hot water. We'll we'll have to see. But I like I like um yeah maybe San Jose's coach as well. Just um yeah. some some tough tough goes here the last few years for him too. So could be could be on the chopping block too. 
right now let, before we get into our conference winners let's talk the the three big teams well two big teams and then you and i's favorite team the edmonton audience yeah. the clock is ticking for Connor mcdavid it's probably only a matter of time before he starts looking over his shoulder and going it's not going to happen for me at edmonton maybe i need to go somewhere else so in your opinion uh, what have the Edmonton Oilers got to do to win this season? When I asked David Ayres, he said he thought it came down to inconsistent goaltending. He said they've got Campbell and Skinner, both of whom are very, very good goalies, he said, but they're not consistent. What do you think the Oilers have got to do to win this year? Yeah, I mean, I think um, they, they need... I, I totally agree with with your buddy Ayres there. Um, goaltending's been, their, in my opinion, their biggest issue uh, the last few years here. Um, inconsistent. I mean, you look at their their opening game of the season, eight one loss to Vancouver. Like you know, that's that's the soup man himself, kind of just not not really ready. But um, I think uh, they still they still. I mean, they they did a decent job of strengthening up the the decor by bringing in Echo last year. But um, I think they could add one more piece to to, to the D puzzle. Um, and I just think they, they need to get secondary scoring. I mean, it's it's obvious. Every team knows you just shut down McDavid and Dreisaitl and you, you kind of neutralize the the big threat that they have. So um, they, they're going to need some some good production from some secondary guys, I think, if they want to go the distance this year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just like watching good players. And, and McDavid's obviously... Uh, one of those generational type players that uh, you don't see very often. So it'd be be cool for for him to to have some success and win. Um, just get guess we'll we'll see if that happens in Edmonton or if he uh, after the end of the contract tries to go to a, a contender and and make some something happen, change it up a little bit. So we'll see. Yeah, lucky enough to see Connor McDavid in February playing against the Blackhawks, and it was like watching Andy Hay on steroids. Um, that's all I'll say. Just something out of this world. Just amazing. Um, yeah. The Calgary Flames. What have What have we got to do to win, um, or at least make it into round two of the playoffs? Do you think? Yeah, I think uh, I think we're in a good position in, in terms of our depth. I think we have a really strong third line, and, and fourth line is going to be. Um, you know, we, I think we're pretty strong in in terms of that that fourth third and fourth line depth. I think. Markstrom needs to play well. We know Vladar is capable. Um, I kind of think we might be seeing a, a move where Vladar kind of gets traded away and Dustin Wolf gets a chance to come up and be the backup. Uh, he mm-hmm. had a great preseason. and I mean, he's been top goalie in the AHL for two years. Um, so I think he's he's deserving of a chance in the big leagues. Um, but so yeah, so we need we need Markstrom to perform. Um, and then we need we need some of our big guns. You know, Huberto has to have a bounce back season. Uh, we need Kadri pulling his weight. Um and, and, you know, if we can get some injection from guys like Coronado, who are, um, you know, rookies and, and uh, Walker Dewar needs to have a big season and all that depth just needs to come through. Um, yeah. And hopefully, you know, we, we uh, I know that there's going to be a bit of a, a, a difference in terms of the style of play. We're not going to be winning games two to one or, or one nothing. It's going to be hopefully a little bit more high flying offensive action. Uh, just a matter of keeping that under control, not, uh, not compromising defense like we did in the third period against Pittsburgh. You know, you still have to play sound defensively and, and keep things tight. But um, I think that with Ryan Huska and his his staff, they're they're not going to be like the Daryl Sutter team that we had last year. So hopefully uh, it bounce back. He's hoping that we don't hear the post tinging yeah. Yeah. as many times as we heard it last season. Now, the big question, yeah. I guess, for every – and you've picked them a couple of times, 
what have the Toronto Maple Leafs got to do to win? Because, look, let's be honest, they probably, out of all these Canadian teams involved in the NHL, are the team that's under the most pressure. They've got a superstar. They've got a couple of other superstars around them. They've got a brand-new GM who was no slouch, as you and I both know. So really, the excuses are beginning to, shall we say, dwindle off a little bit. They, they really have got no, nothing to say, uh, look, here's our reason why we didn't win. What, what do you think the Leafs have got to do to win it? Yeah, I think I think they've done a great job already of of um, adding a bit of grit to their lineup. You know, you got Max Domi and Tyler Bertuzzi are, are highly skilled players, but also not afraid to to muck it up a little bit and and uh, put the body on the line and and hold hold opponents accountable. Uh, Ryan Reeves comes in with obviously the the heavyweight sort of threat in um, in terms of you know the enforcer side of things. Um, I think they still need to strengthen the deep core a little bit. Giordano's getting old, so you just got to worry about his wear and tear um, and, and just the ability to keep up to the pace. Um, I, I'm sure he'll be fine, but it's just something to consider. Uh, and then I think they, you know, McCabe is good, but they, they, I think they still need to add a piece on defense. And then they need Samson, Samson off to, uh, to perform and, and play well through the season. So, but I mean, it, at the end of the day, it's, it's funny because I watch a lot of Toronto games and they find themselves down a couple goals and literally in five minutes, they can turn that and flip it on its head. So um, they're just lethal offensively with the likes of Nylander and Marner and Tavares and Matthews. And, you know, they just, they got a lot of weapons. So yeah. hopefully they can dig themselves out of any holes they get into with, uh, with the lack of defense. So now you're a coach. So um, in the back of the Maple Leafs minds, if they make, let's say round one or round two, and they start to get three or four games down. In the back of their mind, does do you think you get that sneaking suspicion of ah, here we go again? Uh, we're not going to break the curse because when I when I went to Toronto and I spoke to lots of people about the Maple Leafs, it was almost like this: yeah, you know, if we make the playoffs, that'll all be good. But there's almost like this: it's almost like a submission that's like, yeah, if we, you know, maybe we might not go any further than the second round of the playoffs. Um, and it just seemed to be this acceptance of. We'll just see what happens rather than, yeah, we're going to win it this year. Uh, do you think that's an issue for the players there? I, I think it's, you know, it's like in any any type of sport, you know, you, the mental side of it is so important. Um, you, you spend all this time training physically and practicing with your systems and the the things you want to be doing on the ice. But I think that, uh, yeah, mentally it's, it's hard when, when you get to a certain stage in the playoffs and have lost <clears throat> at, a, at the same spot, you know, multiple times. I mean, last year they made it into the second round, but uh, didn't even put up a fight against uh, Florida. And so, um, you know, a, a little bit maybe maybe surprised to have got that far. But mm-hmm. uh, I think that, yeah, the mental side of it's huge. And I think that um, hopefully that's where leadership needs to step up and um, and your coach needs to steer the ship and and uh, try to try to instill confidence in, in the team and, uh, in the individual players and and try to just um, stay focused in the in the short term, not think beyond your your sort of next shift, next period, next game, and just just uh, take it one step at a time and not not get ahead of yourself. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's tough, and and so far they haven't been able to do that. So hopefully, if they do manage to get to that second round again, then they they have a little bit more experience at least making it past the first round, uh, and that can hopefully serve them well. 
Yeah, and for those uh, New Zealand listeners who are listening and going, how bad is it? Then just imagine uh, what the All Blacks went through yesterday uh, and pretty much Toronto faced that in every single playoff game from every single aspect of uh, Toronto. That would be fair to say, wouldn't it, Justin? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. So uh, I'm going to give you my choices and then you can have yours if you want. So the Metropolitan Division winners, I have got the Hurricanes and or... The New Jersey Devils, who have you got there? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be right on par with you. I think uh, the Devils Devils have a, a, a good young team. They had a great season last year. So I, I'd be going either of those two teams as well. Carolina's sort of perennially there at the top, but uh, Devils are right on the doorstep. Okay, the Atlantic Division, I've got, uh, as you have, the Toronto Maple Leafs, I'm guessing. But for my sort of wild card one, because I don't think people are taking too much attention to this unless you actually live in the city itself. But it's the centenary year for the Boston Bruins. Um, and as we all know, Boston hockey fans are rabid about the Bruins. I just think for some reason that they are going to grow an extra leg and play out of their skins um, for the centenary. I mean, already we've seen Milan Lucic probably give one of his best assistant in about the last three or four years to Pasternak to score a goal. Um, yeah, those are my two. Who have you got? Yeah, I mean, I, I would probably say Toronto is at the top of my list from that division. Um, I, I personally, I know, you know, Centenary and, and all that with Boston. I just think you, you lose a guy like Patrice Bergeron, your heart and soul leader. Um, and I know Marchand's going to gonna step up and, and do his best to fill that, that gap. Um, but I just think that's going to, it's going to be a bigger blow than than we think. I think they lost, you know, Tyler Bertuzzi, who who is an, a monster in the playoffs for them. They lost Taylor Hall, another mm-hmm. big big weapon. Um, so I think it, it might be might be a tougher season than than we think for for Boston. They do have a winning culture. They'll, I'm sure they're they're still going to you know be be in the conversation. But uh, I just think it might be they won't be the dominant Bruins they were last year. Yep. Uh, so for the Central, I've got the Avalanche and the Dallas Stars. I think the Dallas Stars are onto big things purely because of Jake Ottinger. I think he's going to have a huge season this year. Um, that's why you and I have both chosen for the Bisnia. Who have you got for Central Division? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Colorado um, and and Dallas would be my, my two picks coming out of that division. All right. Now, our favourite division, the Pacific Division, there's clearly you and I both are giving us three choices for this one because the, yeah. fl- the Flames are always going to be there. Um, but question before I get you to pick your two, do you think, the Vegas Golden Knights repeat this season? Repeat as cup champions? Yeah. No, um, but I think they're they're going to still have a pretty deep playoff push, I imagine. Um, they, they didn't lose any major pieces, um, and now that they've done it, you know, it kind of gives them that mental advantage, um, like we talked about, where you can have repeated disappointment, and that plays into your mindset, and all it takes is sort of getting that whole group, that year of experience and winning the cup. And I think that'll that'll serve their players as well. So I think they'll be they'll be they'll be there down the stretch, but I don't think they're gonna close it out this year. All right. So who wins the Pacific Division then? I'll give you two choices. We know that you're gonna choose the Flames as your third, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Flames are in there, but I I will go with Vegas and uh and Edmonton. Yep, exactly the same. The Eastern Conference, now that we've kind of knocked out a couple of divisions. Uh, the Eastern Conference. Who wins the Eastern Conference? Toronto. Ooh, okay. So for me, that was the Hurricanes, but that's either that's good. Uh, what about the West? Yep. What about the Western Conference? Yeah, I think it's going to be Colorado or Vegas. All right, there we go. All right, so the sixty-four million dollar question, I guess, is who wins the Stanley Cup? 
I'm going to be bold and say Toronto. Oh, okay. Yep. AJ Spiller's going to love you for life. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> right. If I gave you two lazy long shots to win the Stanley Cup, just two teams to keep a lazy eye on to sort of have a look at it and go, eh, you know, these guys may, momentum might push them, uh, like a Florida Panthers, for instance. Who are your two lazy teams to sort of get a bit of a nudge on? Yeah, I think um, Buffalo. I, I think they're they're uh, they're going to be dangerous. Like Tage Thompson, and they just signed Owen Power. They got Rasmus Dali, and they and they got some veteran players. I think they're they're kind of maybe call it a wild card. You know, one of those sneak in into the eighth seed and somehow have a bit of a Cinderella run, similar to what Florida did. Um, and another another dark horse. I'm going to go Pittsburgh Penguins. Mm. I think uh, the old boys there are, are going to be hungry. <laughs> Hungry, and I think they're they're knowing that the clock is is running out, and uh, I think they could be one of those teams that isn't necessarily at the top all year, but they they get in and with their experience and and the winning culture that they've had in the past, uh, they can do some damage. Uh, what about if you, I said to your name three or four players to keep an eye on this season, the ones that you think are going to go stellar and probably are off off the radar, so to speak, at the moment. Not your Connor Bedard's, not your Connor McDavid's, but just three or four players that you that you keep an eye on that you go, you know what? I think these guys are going to go the sh- full shizzle. Yeah, um, well, so far, I mean, if he keeps up the pace, he's on Brian Rust in Pittsburgh, kind of one of those, I would call him an underrated player. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's healthy. He had some, some injury problems last year, and he's bouncing back. So far, so good. Um who else would be an off the radar type player? I I think Huberto is going to bounce back. I think he's going to have a better season, um, put up some big points. Well, I mean, we hope. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I I I like watching Tage Thompson. I really do. He's he's a special player. I don't know that you can call him out of the picture because he's. Yeah. I mean, last year he, what he did was was incredible, but I think there's there's more to come from him. So. Uh, he'd be one to watch as well. That's that's often sort of just on the outside of that Matthews, McDavid, Bedard sort of group. Um, so yeah, he'd be cool to watch. Uh, for me, it's Backlund from the Flames because again, you know, we've got rid of the contract. We've got the captaincy on our arm. We're there for another couple of years. We're all good. Uh, Quinn Hughes, who I've said before, I still think he's going to do some massive things at Vancouver, and I think yeah. Vancouver are a real dark horse. Um, they're playing really well as a team, um, and a lot of young guys who haven't really been tested, and obviously Jake Ottinger as well. Um, question for you: Who makes the NHL cover? Um, we know that Macau's got it this season, but who makes it next season? Oh, I, th- I just think purely marketing, it's going to be Bedard. Yeah, um, I just think he's you know you already see in it he's everywhere. It's it's yeah. all the talk, and so um, especially if he has a good season, puts up some decent rookie numbers. Um. Yeah, and and I guess going back to the the rookie of the year, like Logan Cooley, Dark Horse. I mean, uh, Bedard still, I think, going to be the the top dog in terms of that. But uh, yeah, and and actually going back to your Jack Adams question with the the coach of the year could be Rick Tockett out of tr- Vancouver because, right, yeah. 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 like you say, I mean, if if Vancouver's they're off to a good start, and if they can keep that going, and um, Rick and his in his sort of year and a half, he's only been there, so I think he could he could end up in the Jack Adams conversation. Yeah, and just so I think people realise as well, um, we're not talking, uh, and no disrespect to any of the players, because I know a few of them, um, Super Pacific Rugby here, we're talking 82 games of NHL ice hockey before you even make 
the playoffs. So it's a huge amount of games. Um, and as you well know, playing in the NZIHL, the toll on the body is uh, fairly heavy. I know that you play normally two games in a weekend as well. How's the prep looking for the under-18 team, Justin? Uh, under under twenties, we're under twenties, right? Yeah, yeah, we're uh, we're kind of yeah getting into the nitty gritty of of having to sort of identify our our wider squad list, and and that'll end up be, being refined down to our travel and and reserve squad. Um, but yeah, things things are looking good for first year in 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 a long time here. We we have a lot of tough decisions to make as a coaching staff. It's uh, both a blessing and a curse. You uh, you know, it's tough conversations to have with the players who don't make it. Um, and, and yeah, some, some really tough decisions ahead as far as who does make that final travel roster. So, um, good problem to have, but uh, a problem nonetheless. So it's going to be, uh, how do I put this nice? probably a fairly horrible Christmas for a few of the players <laughs> as they're getting fit, but Hey, look, that is what it is. Now, the question I asked David is, and I'm going to ask you it as well, because, uh, you're from Alberta yourself, Calgary, Alberta. Um, when a New Zealander goes to watch, an ice hockey game on the television. What's two or three things that they should be looking out for if they've never ever seen the game before? So Dave's were maybe learn the offside rule and learn about icing because otherwise you'll sit there and go, why aren't they just standing up by the goalie and firing it through? Um, what are yeah. your big, what are your big things for people who have only just started watching hockey um, to have a look at? Yeah, I mean, I guess the obvious ones, like like David said, is is uh, some of those basic rules. Um, the other one is is probably just follow the puck as, as best you can because that's where the action's going to be. Um, hits can't happen unless the player has the puck. So that's, that's where you'll see the big hits. And, um, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I just say, um, yeah, just, just try to try to keep up with the pace of it all. And, and, uh, and just enjoy it. Just just watch the entertainment value, how fast the players are moving and, and how physical it is and how hard they work. Like that's the thing that always blows me away. Even watching preseason games here this year, like, you know, there's there's it's not like warm-up games. These aren't huh. like there was not, it was not people weren't taking it easy. I mean, you got hungry kids that are trying to make the team. Um, and you got veteran players there trying to make sure their spots don't get taken. And um, and I was really surprised at, at the pace in preseason. And obviously that just carried right through to these first few games of the season. And um, and yeah, like you say, I mean, they, they do that for 82 before they even get a sniff at the playoffs. And then you got to win 16 to get the cup. So it's it's tough slogging. It's yeah. long season. And uh, yeah, but I would just, just say just kick back, relax and watch it, watch it all unfold. It's it's a pretty fun sport to watch. Yes. Yeah, like I said, a lot of my rugby mates go on to uh, just YouTube and type in NHL draft uh, athletic assessments. Unless you get ready to be blown away because those guys are super freaks. They really are. Uh, and then once you've finished with the NHL, make sure that you support the NZIHL. That's our local competition. And I've got to do them a bit of a plug, actually, Justin, while we're here. Uh, at, yep. the at the present moment, the NZIHL is selling personalized jerseys from your favorite team. So you can get a Marco one. Uh, you can get West Auckland Admirals, uh, Red Devils, any of the ones that you want. Uh, uh, currently on the NZHL website, I believe, uh, and you can go and get your, your own name, your own number, the whole lot. There's not many uh, NZHL jerseys around the world. It's a good thing, I guess, but uh, I tell you what, if you wear one overseas, it's like currency because people come out of the woodwork and they're like, hey, where are you from? Oh, my goodness, I never believed that you played ice hockey in that country, and you can give them the whole uh, deal. Uh, Justin Daigle, as always, it's always a pleasure. I will no doubt see you probably on the ice or in the foyer of uh, a Paradise Centre, the next next game for the NZIHL. I hope to be able to see you and say, we nailed it, uh, the Calgary Flames <laughs> in the playoffs. 
If not, you and I will probably just look at one another and roll our eyes upwards and say, there's always next season. Uh, but hey, that's all good. Um, so if you want to follow Justin and what he's getting up to, make sure that you go to the West Auckland Admirals website. You can go and check into the New Zealand Ice Blacks website, which will have updates on the January tournament uh, for Justin's under-20 team in Bulgaria. Um, are they going to live stream those games, Justin, or not? Yeah, yeah, there'll they'll be a live stream for all those. Um, the IHF will, will put out those links and everything. And uh, we will have like a, a supporters Facebook page as well. So um, I can I can get that those details to you when when they uh, when they're all sort of finalized. And, and yeah, people can tune in and watch them play. Uh, won't be a very friendly time change, unfortunately. But uh, but yeah, you can still still get on and watch them after the fact too. So. Hey, it always is. It always is a, a fairly unfriendly time, but hey, no, that's all good. Um, and yeah, no, please forward those links through because I know that there'll be lots of people interested, uh, especially all those diehard Auckland Marco fans, most of whom hopefully will have a fair few players in that team that you are coaching. So all the best, my friend. Uh, I will say take care. See you soon. And uh, as we always say, go Flames, go. Yeah, always, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Brian. And right. uh, yeah, go Flames, go. go. Thanks for listening. But please do Constable Brian and I a favour and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next Coppuccino podcast. Real people, real stories.